Amen. So, are we a joyous people? Yes. Yes. That was far better than the first service, I have to say. Um, I suspect that not everybody leapt in there to say yes. Um, Or if everybody did, that's fine. We'll see if we can ramp up the joy a bit. Um, Because there's no bad thing to be ramped up. So here we have the story of the shepherds. And uh, it's interesting when you read a version, uh, read through this again, preparing for something like this. I rather assumed my picture was that the shepherds first saw a whole band of angels. But actually that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that one angel came and appeared to the shepherds. And that was enough to terrify them. I can imagine that. I think I'd be there with them, completely terrified, sitting on top of a hill, and an angel appears and brings them something or other. And uh, like every appearance we see in the Bible, the first thing that the messenger from, the, from God has to do is to settle them down, give them some peace, and get them receptive, because the first reaction to anything heavenly appearing before them is fear and terror. The angel said, do not be afraid. So the first lesson is, our encounters with God should not make us afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy to all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. A saviour is born. The Messiah, the long-awaited one. The shepherds, I'm sure, although they may not have been... Uh, particularly high up in society, and we'll come back to that in a moment, would have known that their, their teaching said that the Messiah was to come, the one who would come to bring Israel to the Lord to save them all. But do we British, and if you're not British here, then I'm not moaning at you, but do we British do joy? I'm not sure sometimes. I mean, we don't seem quite as um, outgoing as perhaps some of our more Mediterranean cousins further south. Um, and we're all a bit reserved, and we all do try to keep our uh, emotions to ourselves, and we don't like to cry, and we don't like to do not to get to the boundaries of our emotions, and joy should it be one of those. Well, I actually took a bit of a tip from Acacia, who sort of started us off very well in this theory, and showed us this picture. Um, so there are people um, who do joy. I'm not actually sure, as Acacia pointed out, that Chelsea fans, and I, when I was looking at this very closely, I worked out that's who they are, have too much joy going on in their matches at the moment, but I suspect any goal they can get their team to score would be a cause of great joy. Um, But uh, there are people who are British and uh, turn up to things like football matches and express enormous joy when something to their advantage like scoring a goal or winning a match does. So we can do it. There are Brits out there who can be very joyous in their outgoings. But somehow or other, um, let me, let's move you on to another picture. And does, does joy come as the first word when we see a picture of people like ourselves at worship? I have to say, I haven't been to too many church services where if someone said to me, sum up the service in one word, and that word would have been joy. And I don't know what, well, I sort of do know why that is, this is why we're here today. But it, isn't it disappointing that somehow or other, uh, in church generally, and I'm not here pointing finger at any particular church, um, that the word joy seems to have been redefined as something sort of, provided you don't actually show it too much and feel a bit happy, that might be okay, that might be joy. And we're quite good at this in the church, of actually making words which quite clearly have a, a meaning in English, and which clearly we should be involved in, and making it mean something else. I notice when I have to sign to say that I've preached in the service, and you may not know this, but we do have to do that every Sunday, 
Well, the person that does the, does the communion, and, and at 8 o'clock that was Norman, who kindly helped us out, um, is, is referred to as the celebrant. And, you know, often we refer to it as celebrating the communion. Well, that must have a different meaning from the normal word celebrate, because I don't see the sort of celebrations going on in our communion services that we get and perhaps we're going to have over Christmas where we're all celebrating, we're all happy and we're all laughing and lots of joy going on. Now, of course we should do communion in good order, but if we are celebrating it, we need to get outside of our normal comfort zones. And I found a quote from, uh, I've heard of it before, and I was trying to find out where it came from, and I don't think it's the original quote, but I found a quote by searching online, um, and I searched for miserable sinners, as you do. Um, now, if you do that, there's a rock group called Miserable Sinners, um, which I didn't know about, and I now do, but I have no interest in at all, because I can only imagine their music is uh, along the sort of not-too-exciting and not-too-joyous end of the spectrum. Anyway, going beyond that, I found a sermon which for some reason was preached in the Canary Isles, um, where the preacher said that he had spoken to somebody outside the church about what his view of the church was, and he said, well, people go in looking like miserable sinners, um, and then they do whatever they do in church, and they come out looking like miserable sinners. Um, and I have to say, when I had a look through why this might be, I found an absolutely glorious piece of uh, the Book of Common Prayer. So I'm absolutely dead on here. I'm allowed to do this. Um, where in only a very short period, the, uh, whoever's leading the service leads the words, and then the, the, the congregation responds. And in a very short period, we have used the word about ourselves as miserable sinners eight times. So not only do we go into church looking like miserable sinners, we're told in some occasions eight times that we are miserable sinners, and then we leave looking like miserable sinners. Uh, is it any wonder? And of course... Before we come to the Lord and we come to him and we come to his throne and we receive forgiveness, then we are miserable sinners because that's the state we're in. But after the Lord has forgiven us, after we've taken that in our hearts, after we've understood the gospel, and the gospel was coming up that Jesus came, he came in bodily form, he came to live as a man, he died on the cross for our sins, freely given, he rose again and he came back to see his people and to promise that he would leave his Holy Spirit and that one day he would return. Isn't that a purposeful, isn't that something we should be joyous about? I don't know how we're all still sitting down. Actually, I'm stood up, but I don't know how we're all sitting. We should be dancing. And yet somehow we've managed to compress that. I mean, let's move on to our next church service. I don't know where this is, but they're singing How Great Thou Art. And they seem a little bit happier than the previous lot, I have to say. But I don't know the circumstances there. So maybe we're sitting in our seats today and we have... The next word up, a little joy. Got a bit of joy. Lots of people said yes, they were joyous. That's great. Um, or maybe we're like that. Lots of big joy. And we've really got it going. We've got this joy extra plus. I do like that. Some rebranding it to take the word that we somehow or other managed to water down and make a bit wishy-washy to make it really joyous. Because joy is a biblical experience. This is not something that, sh if you come to it, I've actually been in a church where somebody said they didn't expect joy in their church. Well, why not? Because it's a biblical concept. The word joy, or words J-O-Y, if you search for them in the New International Version, appear 241 times in the words joy and joyful. 
let alone um, other ways of putting joy, like rejoice. That even doesn't even get into the 241. <laughs> Psalms alone has 58 uses of the word joy. Of the word joy. And I'm going to read you a bit of Psalm 98, which we had at the 8 o'clock service this morning. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvellous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. With trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn, shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. And remember that David, you might not remember, but if I'll tell you the story, when the Ark of the Covenant was returned to Jerusalem by David, he put on a loincloth and he danced along the street in front of it, rejoicing that the, Lord, the Lord's Ark was returning to his nation. He was criticised for it. He was told off it wasn't the thing a king should do. And he said, I'm the king and the Lord has blessed us by returning the Ark. Why would I not dance? Why would I not show my joy? So what is this message? What is this joyful message that we've been sent? That a saviour has been born to us. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And on earth peace to those who his favour rests. As I've said, when we understand the full meaning of the gospel, that Jesus came freely offered through his grace, uh, a covering for our sin, that he's conquered death, the one thing we know we must all face one day. And if we choose to accept it, this ultimate Christmas gift, the gift of grace, we become his children, enter into his kingdom forever. And we all stand on our feet and go, Hallelujah! Don't we? Because that should be the reaction to what Jesus has done. And who's it for? Well, we all get Christmas cards that have very whitewashed and very clean um, and very hygienic shepherds on them. We've got nicely washed tea towels on their heads. Um, my understanding of the average shepherd at that time, and probably not a lot different now in that part of the world, is they were anything but. Face it, they're out in the fields, uh, sleeping rough, having to sleep with the sheep to make sure that they were kept safe. They probably hadn't washed for weeks, they hadn't got any, any soap pads, any soap uh, materials to do it anyway. And they were probably very smelly having been out there for weeks. And they certainly, from what I can gather, were not welcome particularly back into the towns because of, of who they were. They were the outcasts. They were doing a job, but it was a pretty nasty one to have to do. Pretty unpleasant. But that's to whom God came. Didn't come to the kings and princes. Didn't come to the middle classes. Didn't come to the average people in their houses. He came to the shepherds. And I think deliberately to show us all that his message is for everybody. We don't have to be clean and tidy. We don't have to be of some particular standard to receive God's grace. And what should that message of joy do for us? It should spur us on to action. They went on to do as they were told. They were told to go into Bethlehem to see the baby that had been born. They saw, they obeyed, they understood God's word and they spread the word amongst those who would hear. And those who were here, it says, were amazed. And his joy should equally not be something we keep to ourselves, but something we use to spur us to action to be able to take that joy out to others. And the last thing to share with you is a message of joy reminds us that Jesus will come again. And not just me saying that, and not just some uh, odd area of the church that believes that. We've said that in our creeds today, so you've all said that.
We all need to take it to heart. And Jesus himself says in Luke 21, at that time they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. And we remember in Advent, really we're supposed to in Advent not think about Christmas. That's, I don't know how many sleeps away. That's, uh, near, two weeks' time it'll be gone. But we are here in Advent to think about the Lord coming and the Lord coming again. It's not an optional tack on to the, to the Christian gospel. It's not something that some churches believe in. It is something which is fundamental to the Christian faith that one day Jesus will come again to draw it all together, to bring it to an end. We are told about wars and rumours of wars. Well, we live in one of those, don't we? Where there are wars and rumours of wars. But he will one day come in at his time. I think I've mentioned it several times before, but I'll mention it again. I knew a saint who had a plaque made and put on the wall opposite his bed. So when he woke up in the morning, the first thing he saw was a message that said, perhaps today. Perhaps today. And it still could be, perhaps today. That the Lord will come. And we want to be where he wants us to be. Not asleep, not doing things he wouldn't be proud of, but working for him when he comes again. But overall, the message of today, the message from the shepherds, is that the gospel is one of great joy. We've got the big word joy on the screen again now. So you don't miss it. Don't forget it. It's only got three letters in it. can't be difficult. And God promises it to all of us. As the case you were saying, it breaks through. It can be there forever. Joy, joy extra plus with the eternity, with the infinity sign tapped on the end. God offers it to each one of us. Now maybe you're saying, Martin, that's fine. I don't really... I understand what you're saying. I haven't really felt that. And I'd like the Lord to touch me today. Well, actually, as it happens today, it's our prayers for healing Sunday. And please do come forward for healing in any sort of spiritual or physical way you feel being moved. And I think uh, we're going to have some words in a minute from, from Liz. But if you feel today you like more joy or the joy you've never experienced, please do come forward and do business with God for him to touch you. He touched the shepherds. He can touch you and I. Let's pray.